Okay, now the backup's rolling. <laughs> okay, are we good? Da booty, da booty, da booty. Yes. I said, are we good, not are we blue? <laughs> Actually, there is. Um, it is the new unholy version. It is. I agree. Yeah, what? somebody's made a. I'm good, I'm feeling fine. Da, 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 you can't do that. Are they called the they've good man it, group? They've done it once and they've done it twice now. They've they've ruined it. Jim. Yo. Blue wasn't by the Blue Man Group. Oh, well, fuck. I don't know, no. then. Blue was by iPhone 55. I've, I've always just assumed, like, it's... Like, they're blue. Of course they sing that song. <laughs> it's not... No, it's not Blue. Blue is a boy band. The Blue Man Group play... Are they two separate entities? Yes, they play PBC oh, for fuck's sake. shit like that. Eiffel 65 is somebody completely different as well. Yeah, they've got frosted tips. They're very different. <sighs> well, that just makes things complicated. Like, <laughs> <laughs> did you did you not experience the 1990s? No. <laughs> well, you experienced more of it than I did, and even I knew that, mate. <laughs> Fair. I, I've got... There are many gaps in my music knowledge. Look, it's it's not cool to pretend you don't like something just because everybody else does. No, I genuinely didn't know that. It's not about... <laughs> I'm not being cool and hipster. <laughs> it's just... I, I just had a very sheltered life. I didn't like it even when it was popular. <laughs> you can't convince me any of that was popular. Yeah, was. Blue was. was Blue still was is. Oh. All that shit was in the charts when you were just a twinkle in your mum's eye. Okay. But <laughs> I've got nothing for this. I, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> as I say, many gaps in my music knowledge. Moving on from Jim being completely culturally oblivious. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm not... Completely culturally oblivious. Oh, almost culturally. Come on, yeah. <laughs> There's gaps in my music knowledge, but there are less gaps in my film knowledge. Yeah, so fair that's enough. Okay. I... To be fair, like, you two know a lot more about actual historical events than I do, and I just nod exactly. and go, yes, I know what Tiananmen Square was, and I don't... You know? <laughs> oh, Grace! <laughs> now we can't broadcast this in China! <laughs> we never were going to. They've got a wall. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> Many but years ago, on this spot, nothing at all happened. If your brother ever listens to our show, he might get detained and taken away. That's because we mentioned... <laughs> it is. Because nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Chris, you were telling me something funny the other day about your brother. Which? Something shit going on with those lot. So he, he's simping for that goth lady in China. Okay. Oh, fuck, yeah. The and he's, he started eating pig's brain. Yeah. Why? To impress her. I think he also wanted to try it, but apparently what they do is that they boil this thing for 20, 20 seconds in boiling water. They take it out and he eats it, and it tastes just like fatty jelly. Oh. And then, and then it's like the actual nice tasting part of the pig's brain is actually the sauce that goes with it. And apparently that's quite common with a lot of food he's been eating at the moment. It's just, it's just bones with sauce and they go oh these bones are nice today and he's like no it's the sauce it's fucking now <laughs> so for context just for listeners grace's brother moved to china and there's a girl he likes there's been multiple girls there's been multiple been girls he likes but this one <laughs> in particular there's this goth girl he's very much simping for yes i think so he might just be his friend but i don't i don't believe for a second mm-hmm. he's not trying to jump on it you you do but, not right. Give yourself a scar with a knife if you are. Yes. He also. That's someone else. Is this a different goth lady? That was. Yeah, that's a different one. Oh, shit. 
See, I understood when it was the pretty one you showed me the picture of, but now I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. The, uh, the other woman <laughs> was in the photo I sent you. I showed you even. Oh. Yeah, they've got different remember. hair. One needs glasses, the other one doesn't. One's got different uh, piercings. I'm trying to find... You know, they look different. <laughs> so now, the only um... photo I have that you showed me of, the, of that goth lady, there's just one person in that photo. Look, look, right, we, look, let's get off of this. this <laughs> yeah, let's, let's stop doxing your brother. Okay, Nick, this, this is probably our last train episode for a while. Just just get it out of your system. Any train stories you want to tell, this is the place for it. So, um, I don't have many fresh train stories that you probably haven't heard already, because basically between the months of October and March, um, my... Most of my social life takes a dive because there's no team galas, no car meets, no... Uh... There are no trains. Yeah, no, no anything Therefore, like that. no social life. But I will say, what James likes to do to uh, to annoy me, because yeah. James takes a lot of... Uh... I will say, can, can I actually start this? Yeah, yeah okay, if, if, if you want to. So there is one thing that sort of caught on since we started covering this. Every now and again, me, and to a lesser degree, Grace, but it is mostly me because I do the most train travel. Or I go to train stations the most. I I do try and take... Nick asked me, hey, if you see any of the cargo trains going through, just take some photos. Yeah. And I, I do, from time to so, time. Like, if there's a car... I'll be like, okay, yeah, let's get a photo. So here's the thing, uh, dear listener. <laughs> James is the world's worst railway photographer. And he, sure he specifically sends me bad shots just to piss me off. Like of of the of the fucking freight wagons going by. Or he'll take a photo of the loco while his hand is breaking the sound barrier. Or he'll take like a panoramic shot and then just in the distance you'll see a tiny little coloured line. Um which which is the train. But um I think it was when you were going where you live, the, the the biggest town where you live, to do your driving test, right? And you okay. got me a wonderful picture of a double-headed freight train with two Class 66s at the front of it in Freightliner livery, yeah. and I was so proud of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Every now and again, if like if the moment arises, I'll be like, okay, I will take a good photo for Nick. I think... More often than not, when I've... It isn't isn't just that I'm fucking with you. It's also I've only thought about it too late and I've missed the opportunities to do a good photo. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll take a bad photo and it'll be funny. <laughs> and that's usually how that's usually how it goes. I, but if the situation arises, I will try and take you a good photo. I do appreciate that. It's less of an annoyance now, more um, you know. It is. I do mostly do it to take the best. Yeah, photo. exactly. But you know, it... like it's well intentioned. But every now and again, I'm just like, ah, let's just make it really blurry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I do await the um, the day when like this really rare movement is happening, like a steam rail tour or something like that, and you mm-hmm. you fuck it up by taking a picture of one of the coaches or something like that. It's like, oh, there's a steam oh, engine on the front, and I'll be there screaming internally, like, which one? <laughs> and you've just taken a photo of a Mark One coach, of which there are yep. many across the British Isles where I can go and see anywhere. I mean, sooner or later I'm going to start editing the photos before I send them to you. <laughs> just, like, put invert the colours on it so it looks like the mind crush effect from Yu-Gi-Oh! But like, yeah, here you go, here's your train. <laughs> are you happy now? <laughs> 
Hey, I got a picture of the uh, the the four fifteen departing Euston Station for the Shadow Realm. <laughs> <laughs> I can make this work. We'll we'll try that next time. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! So yeah, that was that's pretty much my only train related story. Well, I very nearly had a car story, but unfortunately, I failed my driving test for the second time, and I will have my revenge just as soon as there it's is still, a slot open. It's still a car story. And it's it is. I'm just waiting for the day when you pass, and then I can turn up on your doorstep with the logbook for a Toyota Yaris, hand you it in exchange for seven hundred of pounds, and then go and buy another Rover. You see, you might have to fight Grace for this because Grace is wanting to sell me her current car as well. <laughs> no, you're right. So she can buy something fancy and. Flash and sporty. But, okay, fair enough. I do already have something fancy, so Grace takes precedence. Grace can sell you her we'll bag see. of shit like... before I sell you mine. We shall see. <laughs> Talking of vehicles, shall we finish up on Mallard? I think we should, yes. Okay, normally, it's only really Grace that will know this, but when we play D&D, I normally like to go, So everyone, what happened last time? You like to watch everyone flounder. Yeah. Yep. So, Nick, Grace, what happened last time? Uh, okay, so basically, Mallard is a story about our uh, favourite fastest steam engine in the world um, having a little bit of trouble with uh, name calling. That, to be fair, uh, Red Riven mm-hmm. writes there seems to be a lot of uh, a lot of steam engines being mean to each other. But uh, there we go. Mm-hmm. Um, Mallard thinks that Mallard has a stupid name. And he goes and uh, sees his designer, Sir Nigel Gresley, my boy. <laughs> yeah, your boy, Sir Nigel Gresley, FNG himself. And basically asks him if he can have a name change. And where we left it was uh, Sir Nigel Gresley wanted to take Mallard to, uh, to show him something to uh, basically prove that his name is not so stupid after all. Yes. Okay. Fuck you, Jim. <laughs> Sorry, this is only for the weebs, and mostly me and Grace. There's an anime called Your Boy Con Ming, and I'm just sort of imagining that, but with your boy, Sir Nigel Gresley. Your boy Gresley. <laughs> just sort of, he gets resurrected one day and has to fix British Rail, and that's his mission oh, in life. Oh, yes! So, so, there is so a... The story, to give you background, Nick, the story Your Boy Con Ming, it's about and the ancient Chinese general, uh, Jude Liang, I want to say, okay. and... He is brought back to life in modern-day Japan. He's like, I'm going to bring back Disco. <laughs> and that's his mission. Yep. And I'm kind of imagining a similar thing, but with Sir Nigel Gresley. Like, he wakes up in modern-day, probably London, and he's like, I could bring back Disco, but I'm also going <laughs> to fix the rail lines as well. Honestly, I, I do want to see that. Like, um, uh, if, if we take some other... Um, English myths and legends. There is one about King Arthur which says that he will resurrect to defend Britain in her mm-hmm. hour of need. I oh, yeah. really want that to be true for Gresley with the railways. But he's ta- if it is true, he's taking an awful long time about it. <laughs> he sure yeah. is. It's not truly dire yet, that's why. Yeah, that, <laughs> Wait, that's he's it. He's waiting for it to be absolute garbage. He, he'll like swoop in and be like, right, this is what we need to do. <laughs> Bring back British Railways. Sorry, I'm just imagining Mick Lynch being visited by the ghost of Nigel Gresley, being like, you must fix this. <laughs> <laughs> and be like, alright mate, I'm on it. Yeah, they've, um, they've both got to band together and battle a giant Dr. Beeching. 
<laughs> I don't know who that is, but okay. Um, I won't go into this now. Real fans will That's know. Fine. Battle the ghost of Thatcher. Got it. For the rest of you, Google it. Yeah, Dr. Beeching, British Railways. So, uh, Nick, do you want to carry on being the narrator? I w- yes, I do, very much so. Brace, you can narrate. I've made that joke already on this. <laughs> so, go ahead, Nick. Here at the Shipping Forecast, we are an exceedingly green podcast. We recycle everything, including mm-hmm. our jokes. You've done that one before, exactly. too. Exactly. So exactly. It gets funnier the more times I tell it. <laughs> I mean, we're even doing the same topic because we're covering Doctor Who again on the main show. Yep. Also, this isn't the shipping for This is fanfix and chill. You're wasting my time. Get on with it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay, so I will. I'll carry Nick on. Nick, you're I'll carry on before. Grace, your mallard. I'm all the other trains. I shall carry on before uh, Grace blows her top. So my gasket. Your gasket. Toot, toot. That was a whistle, but okay. I don't care. The next morning, he was awoken before daylight by the chief mechanical engineer. Good morning, sir. Mallard greeted him as civilly as he could. Usually Mallard did not like being woken up so early, and he was holding back his desire to snap at everyone and everything around him. Sir Gresley would not appreciate his attitude. Mallard, we've all been there. He's a he's a broody teen. Yes. <laughs> the man chuckled. You're not my real mum, Mr. Gresley. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, he could uh, he could have a whinge at Thompson, which came after Gresley, but that's a whole other can of worms. Anyway. The man chuckled, clearly okay. noticing Mallard restraining himself. It's okay, Mallard. I know you're not used to waking up quite this early. He explained, bemused, and Mallard seemed to relax slightly, dropping his guard for him. Where are you taking me, sir? Somewhere very important to me. Was all Grizzly said, before standing back and letting his crew set about firing him up for the day. Mallard stared at the man for a while, before focusing on trying not to fall back to sleep. Then the jazz music started playing. Oh, come on. It's not that kind of fake. <laughs> no, I'm, I was thinking. And that's when this fake becomes sponsored by Monster Energy. <laughs> <laughs> Mallard chugs a monster and no. chugs off. It could be Red Bull. Red Bull gives you wings. Could be Red Bull. And then yeah. we're not sponsored no. by Red Bull, to be fair. No, no we're not. not. But maybe in the future we'll see. So bad dragon, call us. Really bad for your teeth. Yes. <laughs> That's a story we everyone, can tell on the other show. Everyone who's worked at Red Bull has had it gets free Red Bull, and they've ha- and like they all they've got loads of dental problems from like the. F- first month they started working there and drinking it oh good grief that's so, like <laughs> rather bad that's what i'm just imagining like you horrendous. know like the water coolers with the big like tanks well they have they have ginormous vending machines with nothing in it but red bull and you just it just gives you them for free well sleepers for the week yeah they're not you're not allowed to sleep yeah that's it i, I wonder if there. there's like a corporate culture where like um drinking water's seen as a bit like sissy, a little bit wet, yeah. You don't want to be a beta male drinking that water. Water is the most adult drink you can drink. Red mm. Bull, you want to be uncomfortably energetic. <laughs> there was a guy. Chris, what happened to your wasting my time? <laughs> okay. After an hour of preparation, Sir Gresley boarded his famous engine, and they quickly departed north towards Scotland. It was a surprisingly short trip before Sir Gresley ordered Mallard down a branch line behind a station. Much to Mallard's dismay, this branch line was less a branch and more like a backwater track that was only used once in a while to get goods deliveries through. Tree branches that hung over the line came very close to scratching his paintwork. He eyed the offending trees with hatred and his steam in his displeasure. He did not want his perfect blue paint scratched, 
This track is appalling, sir. I'm not supposed to be on track so unkempt. It's a barely used track. It's to be expected. Sir Grizzly explained. But we're nearly there anyway. Pull into the next siding. Mallard grunted a reply as he narrowly avoided another branch scraping the top of his boiler. He was annoyed. He didn't want to be on these rails that felt like they would give way at any moment in a strange forest miles away from civilization. Finally, the siding came into view and Mallard happily pulled into it and stopped. The siding sat next to a large lake with the track a few metres from the water. Reeds and other waterfowl surprisingly did not fly away at the presence of the large, loud machine and instead milled about nearby, completely ignoring the great blue A4 Pacific. Sir Gresley smiled and climbed down from Mallard's cap, making his way to the edge of the water. For a long while he waited there occasionally, making very loud whistles. Mallard and his crew watching him as equally confused as their engine. Sir. Mallard began after he began to get restless, but he was quickly hushed by the old man. For what seemed like an eternity, the chorus of quacking sounds echoed over the near still water, <laughs> and a raft of ducks appeared, speeding towards Sir Grizzly and the engines. Mallards! His fireman whispered as the ducks gathered around the designer, happily waddling around him and showing absolutely no fear of him or the huge engine behind him. Sir Grizzly hadn't thrown out any food for them, He'd simply called them, and they had come. Oh, uh, driver, pick an accent, guys. Scouse. Welsh. Birmingham. Liverpool. <laughs> I'm not... <laughs> you keep picking ones I can't do. Uh, he's going French. How remarkable. Oh. Mallard's driver exclaimed in awe. <laughs> I've never seen anything quite like it. <laughs> More Monty Python, but there we go. Christ. I'm trying my best. They're used to me, and the engines who come here. He turned and walked in front of Mallard, who was watching the ducks curiously. The ducks followed him without him prompting them at all. Do I have permission to allow them on onto you, Mallard? They will make a mess, I'm afraid, but I would like them to meet another of my pride and joys. Sir Nigel asked as Mallard stared at the birds, unsure of what to make of them. I will personally clean you off in the case of a mess. Mallard had <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't cheapen this, please. <laughs> I will personally clean off the mess. James, no. I know I made that joke, but this is getting creepier when you say it. <laughs> Cheaper than a pound land. Why is it creepy when I say it? It's because I'd, it's the voice you're putting on. Well, it fits. No, it doesn't. <laughs> fine, fine. Mallard had never seen birds so close before. He'd only ever seen them from a distance, or more harrowingly, if one collided with himself or another engine at speed. Oh. The ducks were completely unafraid of him and wandered the tracks and pecked at his wheels. They were so small, such curious and fragile little things. I've, I've accidentally clicked on the sidebar and now I've, I've jumped somewhere. <laughs> oh, Grace. <laughs> I know, I'm letting the side down. I'm sorry. Technical difficulties. Yes, sir, I'd like to see them up closer. Mallard approved, curious to see the little creatures in their funny walks and quacks. Sir Grizzly nodded and with great care managed to coax one of the ducks to sit on his hand so he could place it on Mallard's buffer. The bird flapped its wings for a bit, its little feet trying to get a grip on the buffer until it stabilised itself and happily perched itself, quacking softly. Mallard watched it, smitten with the creature as Sir Grizzly watched the both of them. Mallard's crew had come down and went to interact with the ducks and the chief engineer. How did you get them so tame, sir? Mallard's driver asked in awe of them. Oh, I thought that was Mallard for a bit. Patience, the man replied. Patience, and respecting them as the intelligent little creatures they are. The fireman and driver went to interact with them, but the ducks seemed nervous of them. They seemed perfectly fine around Mallard, however, not even bothered by the enormous machine. What about Mallard, though? 
They're not scared of him at all. The fireman exclaimed in awe. They are used to big engines such as Scotsman. And sometimes I take personal trips with Scotsman here. Sir Grizzly smiled, although his face fell slightly. Although, Flying Scotsman is not at all interested in the birds. Ass is lost. Mallard suddenly spoke up, his eyes fixated on the docks. They're quite lovely. Sir Grizzly seemed delighted that Mallard had taken to the birds. In fact, the Blue A4 seemed wonderfully delighted by the feathered creatures. Really? How marvellous! He exclaimed happily. I trust this helps you understand why I named you Mallard. Mallard tore his eyes away from the duck perched on his buffer and looked at his designer. Oh, I'm sorry for asking my name to be changed. He apologised, his face blushing red slightly. I will wear my name with pride from now on, sir. Sir Grizzly nodded to him. I'm very glad you've made that decision, Mallard. Thank you. It truly means the world to me. The man turned to round up the ducks, but Mallard spoke again. Can I, can I come back here again, sir? He asked quietly. See them again? Sir Grizzly smiled widely, clearly delighted with Mallard's newfound interest. <laughs> You're the first engine I've shared this with who's asked to come back. You're wonderful, sir. Mallard smiled. He then stopped as he realised. If the other engines found out, they'd make fun of him. It'll be our little secret. Sir Grizzly assured the A4 and he saw his hesitation. <laughs> Excuse me, Grace. I I'm not creepy. I don't think you're meaning to do it. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't meant to be like a... I don't see a way to deliver that line. Without... There was something about the way you said it that triggered my fight-or-flight response. <laughs> okay, Grace, how about this? It'll be our little secret. No, I don't like Sir Grizzly anymore. <laughs> that's, that's worse. <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you are you are doing my boy dirty. And <laughs> I am. I'm sorry. Um, it'll be our little secret. Yeah, that's as good as it's gonna fucking get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so. So Grizzly assured the A4 when he saw his hesitation. The engine in question gave a huge sigh of relief. Thank you, sir. And see. I think you. Were... I still don't know what a baton is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Flying Scotsman muttered to himself as he sat on the siding beside the lake where Sir Grizzly once used to take him on private trips. I always meant to ask Sir Grizzly, but I guess I'll never get a chance now. Uh, who's this? This is my lad. Oh yeah, I oh. just read that. A type of bird from... Christ, that's something I can't <laughs> pronounce. Botterinae? Subfamily of... Adiadae? They're a type of bird from the... Bot... <laughs> Bird from bird. <laughs> Help. <laughs> They're a type of bird from Latin name, Latin name to Latin name. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a type of bird from the Botolrone subfamily of Aradiana. Aradiana. A somber voice suddenly called out to him, and Flying Scotsman became very confused. They're related to herons, but are smaller and secretive. Mallard. He asked, confused. He'd never heard the A4 Pacific sound so vulnerable before. Mallard didn't answer Scotsman. He just stopped behind him in the siding so that their buffers almost touched. It was the siding that Sir Gresley always took Mallard to when he could. Sometimes he would invite friends or family. Other times it was just him and an engine's crew. It was always a peaceful and serene experience for all to visit Sir Gresley's treasured docks. You didn't know what a bittern was, so I just told you. Mallard explained to Scotsman as the both of them sat reflecting on their designer. He sounded distant and didn't snap or be rude to Scotsman as he usually was. Oh. Scotsman was unsure of how to respond. Well, thank you. Mallard humphed but said nothing more. 
his eyes gazing out at the lake, watching the birds flitter and wade around in the shallows. So I've lost where we are. Uh, oh, um... Scotsman began, but Mallard shushed him. They're scaring the birds. Was all he said, and Scotsman remained quiet, not wanting to ruin the moment for the A4 Pacific. For a long while, the two engines sat in silence, the serenity and peace of the lake washing over them. All the while, they held an unspoken mourning between them for the man that they respected more than anyone else. The silence said more than any words ever could. Flying Scotsman and Mallard did not like each other in the slightest, but here and now, they understood each other in a way that no other could. Finally, Mallard spoke. He said you never liked birds. He queried Flying Scotsman, and the other engine gave a sigh. <sighs> not particularly, no. The Scotsman admitted. I did try to engage with Sir Gresley's hobbies, but it just didn't interest me. He knew I did not care for it. I guess that was why he brought me out here lesh and lesh over the years. Mallard sighed. He could chastise Scotsman for not caring about the designer's hobbies, but he felt it would disrespect Sir Gresley. Sir Gresley had held Scotsman in high regard. At least he had you to share this with, Scotsman added, and Mallard felt panic rise in his boiler until Scotsman spoke again. I won't tell anyone else, I promise. You'll take this to the cutter's torch. Mallard hissed at him, <laughs> and Scotsman gave a soft chuckle. Of course, Scotsman. I swear on my boiler. You have my thanks, flying Scotsman. Mallard said solemnly. There was something in Mallard's voice Scotsman had never heard before. Gratitude? Appreciation, maybe? There was a pause. Tell me, Scotsman, is Bitten still afraid of birds? Mallard suddenly asked out of nowhere, and Scotsman raised an eyebrow. He says he isn't, but everyone knows he's terrified of the pigeons in London. Scotsman chuckled. <laughs> I know that we aren't friends, but could I ask you to deliver a present to my brother? A mischievous smile appeared on Flying Scotsman's face. <laughs> Why, of course, my lord. It will be in poor taste not to help my cousin give his brother a gift. Excellent. Oh, this is... this is feels. Is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is feels, is what it is. They're building a bromance. A few days later, a very flustered and furious bitten had almost derailed and smashed through the buffers at the end of a siding in an attempt to escape the hideous feathered monster that someone had hung over the door to his shed one night. What? A large taxidermied bitten had been mounted over the doors, much to Bitten's horror. The big blue express engine adamantly refusing to go back into his berth or anywhere near the top sheds until the thing was removed, causing a lot of fuss and anarchy. No matter how much Pretty Polly or Silver Fox had pleaded with him made a difference, he simply refused to go anywhere near that thing. You know what? I'm with Burton on this. <laughs> if someone hung up a dead bird in front of my bedroom, I would be freaked out too. It is a taxidermied bird, so it's not that bad. That's still thing weird. Is though, thing is, though, like, first of all, how the fuck did a train get it up there? Secondly, also that. Secondly, like if I shared a name with an animal and then saw a dead one hanging over the door of my house, yeah, I'd be like, that's a death. That's threat. a threat. <laughs> this is this is uh, they do have crew, so who were probably in on the joke, judging Great. by the engine shed I used to work in. But there we go. Um, that's worse. Imagine if you had to rely on people to maintain you and keep you safe and alive, and they conspired to hang up a dead thing above your bedroom door. That's just working in a factory. Bitten did nothing wrong. <laughs> kind of see why, especially if it's a phobia, but um, judging by a few other things that uh, I've seen by the author, the, uh, the, the A4s are written to be a little bit insufferable. So, you know. I see. No one claimed to be the culprit, 
but Bitten had a very good idea that it had been Mallard and Flying Scotsman colluding with each other. He couldn't <laughs> prove it, though. Considering Mallard loathed Flying Scotsman with a burning and unreasonable hatred, no one believed him when he accused both of them of conspiring against him. But somehow, he knew. <laughs> well, he was right. <laughs> Don't boo me, I'm right. <laughs> oh! oh, the notes And are then so in the awesome. notes, we have a picture of, of your boy, Nigel Grez. Oh. Feeding the mallards. That's quite wholesome. Yep, the man was passionate about his waterfowl. Mm-hmm. And I think, on a personal note, that it is kind of fitting that the fastest steam engine in the world was uh, was named after a small, brightly coloured duck. Is Mallard still the fastest steam engine? Yeah, still. Never been beaten. Nice. 83 years oh. now, I think. Mm. Oh, fucking good going, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I found that really wholesome. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. I tell you what, if I'm like, gonna leave kudos now. If some American or whatever decides to, as a hobby, make a new steam train that beats his record, I'm gonna personally go over there and torch it. <laughs> <laughs> this is wow, great! <laughs> just hang on, hold on a second. Um, can I just read something from the notes? Yes, you can. But I just wanted to point out, great. There's no need because Maglev Chan has already beaten <laughs> the record a few I times. I said steam train. Steam. I know. I That's know. not a steam train, is it? No, but no one. Sit I down. Don't, no one. Fine, <laughs> fine. You get my meaning, though. No one's gonna do it because, like, there's already faster trains. What if Elon Musk did it? Well, he, yeah, you can speed. shoot him. So okay, there we go. And his train. I I can't remember which specific steam locomotive it is, but there is a um, outfit in America who are. Building or rebuilding uh, some long extinct uh, American class of locomotive. And they've kind of sort of like half jokingly alluded to going duck hunting. Duck hunting? Oh. So you never know. The record might be beaten in the future. Well, they're gonna, we're going to have to step up then as a nation and build Mallard 2. <laughs> Ma- the Quackening. Mallard. forms and grows legs. And shoots yeah. lasers. Steam lasers. Mallard to the quackening. Oh. The quackening. Yeah. Which also had Sean Connery in it. It did. You're right. Yeah. Highland, yeah. Highland it did have Sean Connery in it. <laughs> okay, so I'd just like to read... I've just noticed the thing in the notes. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, hello to three certain readers. You know who you are. Part one of your reading was fantastic and it brightened my day. I'm not used to writing fluff. My modus operandi is usually, oh, this engine was almost scrapped, left to rust, rebuilt into another completely different engine. How does that translate to a sentient being, and how much angst can I squeeze out of them? Um, <laughs> I think I need to uh, introduce Red Riven Rights to the Duke Dog, because that's exactly what happened with those. So okay. I'm pleased that birdwatching Mallard was something you guys decided to indulge in to address a previous podcast, Flying Scotsman and City of Truro are very much rivals to lovers. They just don't show it publicly because a celebrity LNER engine eloping with a celebrity GWR engine? How scandalous. Much love. Ooh. Keep up the good work and love the chemistry you guys have. Oh, that's lovely. Oh. Thank you. <laughs> I don't know who these three we... are, but it sounds like they're... Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> Which podcast is this? We should go check that yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. We should go look. <laughs> so. That's very but, Yeah, that is scandalous. Um. I... Quite frankly, I almost felt disgusted hearing about a celebrity LNER engine eloping with a celebrity GWR engine. 
I, but, you know, that's their business. <laughs> so, I honestly... I shouldn't judge. I mean, for, for all my pomp and bluster about the Great Western Railway, I don't... I don't have any steam engines that I hate, and I think that even though jokes are made and stuff like that, we live in a more enlightened time. <laughs> You're putting away the train grudges. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is it. Become more mature. You know, east no, side or are you west side, bro? This, this, this is it. No matter which, um, no matter which of the big four that you support, you'll you'll always find love somewhere. Oh, sorry, it's north side and west side. <laughs> Shit in the head. So bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> Northeast. It's northeast Middle. Uh, Western and Wales and Southern, so, yeah. I suppose that is all four points of the map, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. But yeah, that was lovely. I, I I really enjoyed that. I just want to see a, um, kind of want to see a spin-off where it's all, like, street gang themed now. <laughs> 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 like, LNER, just be. <laughs> Oh, really, oh Ma- really... Malad's wearing the wrong colours for this side of the tracks, yo! Oh, some really, really uh, competitive steam train. Just every time they come anywhere near each other, I'm like, they're sort of eyeing each other up from like one platform to the other, just like you. <laughs> so, can I just briefly talk about Tornado? Yeah. Right. You can, but first, I just want to go on. Can we can we get this fandom introduced to the Yakuza fandom so we can get like Mallard ripping his shirt off <laughs> to fight Flying Scotsman on a rooftop? Like that's, that's gonna be I think that's the next logical control. step. Okay, so um, it would, but it would be very funny. When Tornado was built, um, okay, the uh, the powers that be decided that they were going to uh, certify her for a hundred mile an hour running, right? Okay, but first she had to prove that she was safe doing it and um they they did the run under the cover of darkness in absolute secrecy because they didn't want loads and loads of people going out to uh, to watch it and briefly for about i think it was for about 40 seconds tornado achieved the magic speed of 100 mile an hour the first steam engine to do so since um, mm-hmm. since the end of steam in uh, in 1968, so the first rule of Speed Club is really you don't talk about Speed Club. <laughs> Fuck's sake! <laughs> the secret hundred mile an hour stint, and you know what? <laughs> I bet you, I bet you, there was someone in Aranarak who spotted it. They just yeah. smelt the coals being fired, and they just went. There's a new train on the track, There's and they just got one. out. People <laughs> still turned up to watch. Somehow, people knew. Yeah. And I honestly, I think that's fantastic. Drivers are a gossipy bunch, mm. and it got out. So yeah, this was good. Mm. There are other Young Iron short stories that we might have to look at in the future. I. In fact, one has been written since Mallard. Uh, a Tale of Two Storms. Oh, okay. That's a, that's a cool name. One of them being Tornado. That said, uh, and Typhoon. Oh, wow! Oh, Typhoon! Oh, <laughs> fucking from the Romney High and Dimchurch. It's a pl- that's a place I've always wanted to go. Where's that? So, um, it's this tiny little railway on the south coast, but basically, um, it's narrow gauge, but their engines look like perfectly scaled, uh, one, third, they do. One, third of the, uh, one third of the size replicas, of of big P- Pacifics and Mikados and stuff like that. I've I've always oh. wanted to go. I'm usually not that interested in narrow gauge, but I do want to go see this one. 
Oh, okay. It it is like six. So hours from the away. notes of. From the notes of that fic, uh, tornado at typhoon. Excuse me, why are you small, Scotsman? You can't just ask another engine while they're small, tornado. <laughs> <laughs> so we might visit that at some point. Um, we do have something else lined up that might take us a while, but uh, this is certainly on our radar, and we may well return in mm. future. Red Ribbon Race, thank you very much. I uh, yeah. Very much. I hope you uh, I hope you enjoy this uh, listening to this as much as we did reading it. Mm-hmm. Yes, Indeed. and I always enjoy talking. Well, about I know they enjoyed part one. Uh, hopefully, part two will be will be just mm, as good. We'll do our best. Okay, we've already done our best, Nick. That was <laughs> us. That's us done. <laughs> we've committed to the bit yep. now. <laughs> we've recorded. Fair enough. Okay, we're going to call that. We do have another show to record today. Um, if you got this far, thank you for listening. Uh, Come join us on Sundays when we do our main show, The Shipping Forecast, where we'll be reading and reviewing fix that we have enjoyed across all different kinds of fandoms. Uh, is there anything else we want to say before we end? I have enjoyed... This year is going to be the year of the train. I can just feel it. <laughs> Not the year of the rabbit, year of the train. The year of the train on The Shipping Forecast. I don't think there's any other fandoms we have trains involved in. Snowpiercer? We could do snow. The Orient Express. Murder on the Orient Express. Yeah. <laughs> that as well. Yeah. yeah. Bit of bit of Hercule Poirot. Well, I'm sorry. I've yeah. I've committed us to several Doctor Who episodes on fanfics and chill after this, <laughs> so it'll have to wait. This will be the half year of the tra- the month of the train. <laughs> <laughs> the two weeks. We've of certainly the train. Have. <laughs> I'll see what we can do. But in the meantime, thank you everyone for listening. And join us next time. I've already teased it. We're going to be doing some Doctor Who fix next. Mm. And yeah, if you enjoyed the show, get into if if there's fix you want us to read, uh, write in to the fanshippingforecast at gmail dot com. Um, we'll look at it. If we enjoy it, we'll probably read it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all the other things as well. If you enjoyed the show, be great if you left us a review on the Spotify's and all the other places too. If you didn't enjoy it, tell us why. We might listen we to will. you. We, we might not. Just want to cater to our audience better. We'll listen to it. We'll take it deeply personally. And we'll cry we'll for a couple of days. We, we will... And then we'll do better. Yeah, we will wonder why we are doing this. But we mm-hmm. will rally and take your comments on board. Cool. I like it when people tell me to get good. There's no <laughs> other like, explanation around it. They're just like, really. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you know what? Write in. I get it. Tell Grace to get good. <laughs> the uh, the Dynagonics and... of this world... You, you guys know who you are. <laughs> you permanently yeah. scarred me. <laughs> like, this is the first fic that's mentioned. Yeah, Grace, this is the first fic on AO3 that's mentioned us, and you haven't died. I know. Oh, yeah, well. This is good going for me. <laughs> yeah, this is it. They've, they've not added me into their fiction just to kill me off. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, this is progress. I don't know what I've done to deserve this, but I'm sure someone out there is going to rectify <laughs> in the next 0.2 seconds. Yeah, Red Raven, if you can edit the fic, add that maybe Mallard ran Grace over <laughs> on the way. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm waiting for the tag, Grace dies, like, on air. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Please don't do that. It's good that we've got this, this one fic where Grace survived. Sadly, after sneaking into the tender of Mallard, Grace was mistaken for a lump of coal and chucked on the fire. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, that'll do it for us. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.